Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is indeed a pro wrestling podcast. If you didn't check out Wednesday's episode that we did live at youtube.com forward to the Miller Report Rules, make sure you go check that out right now. And also please do remember that all of my content such as this is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. And as you, if you, you know, if you're up to date and you know the deal, you know on Fridays, which is what it is today, we get a Patreon on to have a chat about wrestling and kind of cool. We've got a patron who we chat to a few months ago coming back on it's my man joe all the way over in north america how you doing dude good welcome um by the way i didn't know people there were people in hell in a cell in san antonio that did know that were that were talking about you when i was in line for concessions so <laughs> well that's just i'm sure they were saying that bald-headed guy we hate that bald-headed yeah. guy but i mean i never heard them say it. if i heard anybody say johnny sins i would have corrected wow well, yeah I can't, I can't fight off the Johnny Sins thing now. I've just embraced it. I've just accepted it. If people want to compare me to Johnny Sins, I will, uh, I will be Johnny Sins. It's fine. Look, the guy's oh. very successful. So I wanted you to know, so there were signs being confiscated at Hell in a Cell. I had a, uh, I had a Y sign. My Y sign got taken by security. And <laughs> For what reason? So let me tell you what I think happened. The people in front of me had a bunch of Roman suck sign stuff. And all their signs got confiscated. I think they thought I was with them. I kept telling them that I was separate. But instead of arguing with security for 10 minutes, I just was like, okay, fine, let's go in. Because my three-year-old was getting antsy. But I was in like an area where they were. There was somebody with a bunch of women's tag title signs and people with a bunch of uh, uh, Roman suck signs that all got confiscated. The the, the women's tag? I thought they were – I thought that – well, I mean, who knows what we read. But I had read – that WWE have been handing out women's tag team title signs. So I heard that at Evolution. But so when I got the Hell in a Cell, they were look, really paying attention to signs. They weren't going to let anybody bring anything in that hated Becky. And they weren't going to let anybody bring in that hated Roman. And for some odd reason, I had talked to, because there was a little girl there in Bailey gear bawling her eyes out because they took her tag title sign. Wow. That's, that's, I always find it crazy when they take they take out signs because I, I get it if it had some kind of profanity on it or something like that, but you just got to rile up the fans. It's not like these stories stay quiet either. These stories always get out. We all know about it. Everybody saw that they you know edited the footage from Raw and SmackDown this week when they're in the yeah. UK. Like it always gets out. I don't know why they bother. I only saw one sign, but it literally said in leathers Roman sucks. Like it wasn't because I thought the same thing as you. I was like, oh, I bet that they you know there's things people don't need to see on TV, but like. But no, I'm, and maybe it was just maybe you know I'm I'm I don't want to you know maybe somebody got the wrong message or that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, it was weird. Like when I got there, and you just there was a whole stack of them, so it wasn't just us. But wow. I think that's just WWE's remit in 2018. They try and control the message as much as they can, but which is dumb because you can't control the message in 2018. Social media is too powerful. So it, I don't know. It's a strange thing. But you mentioned that you went to Hell in a Cell, which obviously a couple of months ago now. now am I right in saying? Last time you were on, you said you haven't watched a pay-per-view since 1998. So I was – so in 98, I went to – I did Raw a couple times in Bad Blood. Yeah. 
And so like I was used to that atmosphere and that length and like the sound when the glass broke, you <laughs> yeah. know, like that kind of stuff. Hell in a Cell was a, I think you would realize, Hell in a Cell is probably one of the better reviews they've done all year. But it's just a different crowd. Like, you know, it's a different, you know, like, and I'll say this, San Antonio is a pretty overspot for Roman Reigns. Like, there's a lot of Roman Reigns fans in this town, so he wasn't going to get booed out of the building here. Yeah. But, like, the biggest pop of the night by far was Becky. Um, it, it was just kind of interesting because there's I'm, a way more of that show was people sitting down kind of on their thumbs than I expected. Like, it, it was fun, and no one out there – there was no – Hurry up, let's go to hurry up, let's go to commercial. They're gonna boo everything moment. Um, but it was fun. Like I said, I took my son. Um, so that, that was interesting. I took my three year old, which I thought would be kind of a disaster, but I guess if you want to talk about the entertainment product, a three year old sat still for four and a half hours. I mean, that's but, a, I can't even sit still for four and a half hours. So I'm impressed that your well, kid can do it. Like I, I was gonna mention, like so. I've been I've kind of changed my thought. I've always been on the bandwagon of why are all these champions so big? Well, when my kids started to squirm, I was like, okay, we've reached the point of borrowed returns. No return. Let me just let's get out of here. And Brock's music hit. And I didn't say a word. My three year old Giles just stands up on his chair and looks down and I can tell he's just like he doesn't know what's happening. Whatever it is, he thinks it's awesome. And he's sitting there and. Heyman starts going, and when Brock kicked the door off that cage, he looked right at me and goes, who's that? I said, that's Brock Lesnar. And he's like, Brock Lesnar. And like, so the entire way home, we talked about Brock Lesnar. We talked about Paul Heyman. We talked about where Brock came from. We talked about what Brock does. Like, he was absolutely, utterly entranced by Brock. He's never seen Brock before. And I was like, well, maybe this is the point. I don't know if Finn comes out. Another person who, if you go back and listen to the first phone call, I was such a huge fan of, and now I could possibly couldn't care less about him. Um, <laughs> not Finn, but well, it's not your fault, man. That's the way he's been booked. You've been told not to care. Well, like I've decided WWE doesn't ever kill your favorite wrestler. It's like if it's an air in the balloon, what they do is they just very slowly let the air out. That way they can still sell merch and not completely tell you he's dead until that crystallizing moment when you're like, Holy crap, no one cares about this guy. And that's where I'm at with Finn. So my wife, even at what SummerSlam, she's like, who's this demon guy? He's neat. And I'm like, you know the guy that you hate every all hate on every week that smiles too much? She's like, yeah, I'm like him. <laughs> but but it kind of but back to their point, I kind of realized when you brought the kid on, by the way, I wish well about six people you've had on this year could book WWE events. Um but that one kid you had that was dialing in from India or whatever. He was great. You got oh, a couple yeah. oh, Absolutely, man. Yeah. The kid that turned off WrestleMania for the Undertaker thing. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so good. That's the kind of passion I'm talking about. I love that. You've had like seven people. I was like, man, I wish they could book her all one week. Wow. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people say that, man. I mean, sometimes I'm reading Squared Circle. I'm like, these ideas are better than what we actually see on television. Um, you know, maybe they wouldn't actually work long term. I don't know. But it's just it just blows my mind that no one actually tries you know it's very much the status quo before we get off it i do want to talk about the fact that your kid warmed uh warmed so close to to brock lesnar because that is an argument they're still having today obviously we are in the era now where the smaller wrestler the more athletic wrestler whatever you want to call it is you know that's the that's the focus and, it, it, and that's good in a way because it, you know it makes it more diverse and and more interesting but like you know basically your kid 
bought into a philosophy that Vince McMahon has been touting for years. And it's probably why Brock Lesnar keeps getting these deals that he does. Anytime something goes wrong, i.e. Roman Reigns has to go away because he's got ill, Vince McMahon's first protocol was to turn back to somebody like Brock Lesnar. And I'm guessing now, ever since then, your kid has wanted... I mean, you know, Paul, unfortunately, he can't see Brock Lesnar because he doesn't turn up. But I bet every time he watches wrestling, he wants to see him, though, right? So... I'll keep this quick. This could, this could either be something that'll be funny to you, or I'm so glad this guy told me a dad joke. So <laughs> when the, I, there's always been a rule with my wife that, okay, he's three. If he starts hitting people, he doesn't watch wrestling anymore because he's not getting it. Yeah. So, well, we've been teaching him not to hit. He does this thing where he said, don't hit if somebody else hits somebody, which by the way, makes raw extremely entertaining. Um, but now it's funny. He only does it when somebody hits Alexa bliss. We'll get back to that in a second. So, <laughs> The next, I gave him my phone on the way home and just so he could look at YouTube clips of because he'd not seen Brock or Heyman or whatever it was. Well, I got a phone call the next day from daycare and they said I needed to call him. And I was like, oh, God. Well, if you want to know exactly how PG the WWE is not, my daycare has a title belt for them to play with. (laughs) And so the first message I got was that Giles was taking the belt from people and wouldn't let him play with it. I was like, Oh God. So, so he is Brock Lesnar. No, I'm joking. Well, I know. Right. I know. Right. I'm like, did he, did he F five anybody? Did he like to <laughs> and then it was, he had started yelling at kids unprovoked and I'm like, Oh God. And so I pulled him out and I'm like, okay, Giles, what's going on? I'm trying to have this with a three-year-old and he keeps, all he'll keep saying is they were doing it wrong. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So he was mad because when someone picked up the title belt, they didn't hold it behind their head on their left shoulder. That is very specific. The Alexa Bliss thing. I was like, I was like, holy crap. I mean, I don't think I've even picked up on that. I know, I know she does do it, but it would never be something that entered my conscious. Do you know what I mean? Every time someone picked up a belt, he's like, no, you hold it this way. I was like, great, I gave birth to a smart. But, you know, <laughs> it was just so funny. And then the second thing, I was like, okay, why were you screaming? Now, this is the funny one. This is where my wife got mad at me because I lost the ability to be a parent. So they have this game, I guess, they play where it's like learning to count and stuff. And I guess Giles won three in a row and decided to stand up and start yelling the following. I'm the reigning, defending, and went through the entire Paul Heyman skit at daycare about how great he was. I bet he hadn't heard that three times by the time he got to daycare, but he's only seen Brock Lesnar for the first time about 14 hours earlier, and he'd memorized the Paul Heyman skit and decided to start yelling at children that he was the reigning defending. He also told them that it wasn't a prediction. It was a spoiler. (laughs) He is three. Well, he's clearly been won over, man. And do you think – I know you said he likes Roman Reigns as well. Did – did he react that way when he first got into Roman Reigns? Or has Brock Lesnar no, kind of taken on the level? Not at all. So when he said Roman, it was like, yeah, Roman was like, yeah, I wish I could almost reenact for you. When he saw Brock, it would be like, think of a moment in your life when something happened that truly shocked you. Like, he stopped what he was doing. Like, I, I don't, I'm with you. I could go with never saying Hulk Hogan again for the rest of my life. <laughs> but I was five once. And I know what it was. And it comes crashing back. Like, that was his Hogan. That was his, that was his stone cold. That was his, you know, like he was completely like Brock could have come down there and killed half of the AT&T center. Like you're right. I think there's just something about it. 
I know that, like, I'm sure that a rock's going to come and sit and collapse on me because you're only allowed to criticize Vince in 2018, and we all have reasons why. But if that's the get, if that's his method, I do have someone in my house at work. The thing is, they do want to get kids back into the product, right? That's the big thing everyone talks about these days is that, you know, the, 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 the mean age for a wrestling fan these days, actually, when it comes to WWE, look at the figures, is over 40. And the, the kind of the, the argument has always been that, you know, pushing guys like, and I've I got no problem with them doing this. This is just me playing devil's advocate and using examples from the top of my head. You know, pushing people like Seth Rollins, uh, Dolph Ziggler, to a letter, which doesn't really count, but you know, Finn Balor again. But these are guys that at one point probably would never make, Daniel Bryan's a bit, when the Miz, you know, these, these are all guys that wouldn't necessarily be in the positions they were, say, 15, 20 years ago. So if you've got a kid who, you know, is a demographic they're trying to, to reach out and get, but, you know, he is leaning towards, what really is one of the most, you know, if someone said to me, draw a wrestler and you drew Brock Lesnar, most people go, yeah, that makes sense. Now, I know there's other things around Brock, you know, he's a part-timer, he's a UFC guy, but let's forget about it now. In terms of the look, do you think there's any any worth in WWE potentially going, almost going back in time and kind of, you know, looking for that six foot three, six foot four, 250 pound guy and try and push those? Or do you think Brock Lesnar stood out simply because he doesn't look like anybody else? It's almost like, you know, switching that on its head. Because 20 years ago, everybody looked like Brock Lesnar. I'm not like Brock Lesnar, but a lot of people look like Brock Lesnar, whereas now he does stand out more because most guys are, you know, 5'10, 5'11. I don't, you almost hate to say go back to a time when there was a specific design, but. I think this is one of those moments where if I was Vince, I could think I was right. Because like even in that arena, like I know they I know they're talking they talk about like San Antonio's not a big Daniel Bryan place. That might seem really odd, but it's not. And so like the pops for wrestlers that night was kind of all over the place. But they went nuts for Roman. I mean completely nuts. They went nuts for Brock. They went nuts for Braun. They went nuts for even when uh Dolph Ziggler came out. They went nuts for uh, – uh, uh, I always forget his name. <laughs> his big Irish tag partner. Seamus. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Oh, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. Yeah. And, and, and you start putting this all together and you're like, okay, so every big pop tonight came from bigger people. Now, this is how the cell right? So there was no – there was no uh, – uh, there were a lot of people who weren't there. Like we didn't have a Finn Balor. Like it was actually a more condensed show, which people I know griped about. But I kind of like the fact that I didn't have to watch sixty people. But I didn't want to tell you real quick. The one thing I told you, I took Joss to the like merch stand, and I was like, okay, pick out two things. I don't really care what they are. Just pick out two things. And without hesitation, we left. This is before he'd seen Brock. We walked out of there with Alexa Bliss gloves, which he has not taken off for the last seven weeks, uh, and a flat. Roman Reigns flak jacket. And uh, uh, I was like, are that what you want? Sure. We got the flak jacket off him, but I've had to go back and now I've bought 10 pair of gloves to replace the apparently lost ones <laughs> and an extra flak jacket. But um, speaking of which, I guess that's my other conundrum. He's also a fan of, he's the fan of the biggest guy he's ever seen, but he's completely obsessed with probably the smallest female on the roster. I was going to say, what, what do you think that is? Because I mean, Alexa Bliss is good, but I mean, again, I, I don't, <laughs> surprisingly, I don't hang around kids <laughs> too much. I don't really know what, you know, what, what the appeal is there. I mean, why, what, what is it about Alexa Bliss that he likes? So I made the comment the other day myself, and this might sound crazy to some people, but I think honestly, he could argue from an entertainment standpoint, Alexa Bliss might be the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion, coming into this. And I know that, don't get me wrong, I heard all that, you know, she's like Robert, yada, yada, yada. But, like, 
I've there's a few things I, I I think she's hysterical. I think she's a better worker than she gets credit for. But I did ask Charles one time. I'm like, okay, why do you like this woman so much? Because I've even got a couple of shirts. Like you had a guy on a few weeks back from Canada. I think I think she's I think she should have segments all the time because there's so many wrestlers we've watched over the years that can't their talk their way out of what paper bag. And she's done that. Like the iconics can get a bad script and you're like, Oh, that was a bad script. Alexa's not she's not Samoa Joe good, but she can make good stuff better. And and I think part of it for him is like because I'll notice that like, you know, he's three. When people start talking, he's at the seven second attention span. When Alexa starts talking, he actually sits down and watches. He'll sit down and watch her talk, and he'll sit down and watch the new Becky Lynch talk. But I, I, I can't tell you exactly what caught his attention. He did mention the color of her hair once. I don't think that was it. But he, there, because I, I didn't want to tell him who he was in. Like I thought that'd be. I was like, okay, who's this kid gonna grab it to do if I don't say anything? So if I had to rack them for you, I'd say Alexa Bliss. I would say uh, Roman Reigns, and I would say Brock. I mean, other people he's mentioned, like he actually mentioned Bobby Lashley a couple of times, which might go with our narrative with the big guys. But um, uh, I think with the Alexa Bliss thing, this is gonna maybe he likes the fact she. I don't know. He watches her matches. He thinks she's entertaining, but I didn't tell him, and I don't think she's ever done anything too. I think she's really good. Maybe that just stuck out to him. But um, I will say one thing: I mean, if you mention her name, people either definitively don't like her or they do. So maybe that means she's doing something right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, the thing with Alexa Bliss is, is that, like you say, she, she's got a character down. And she's very good at talking. And amazingly, in 2018, that isn't something that everybody has. So I do think she stands out in that, in that regard. I'm just intrigued that she managed to have that much impact. I, I don't know. I mean, the big worry is, obviously, at the moment with her, is it looks like her concussion issues are far worse than people thought. Because she didn't, she came out on Raw, she didn't wrestle. She's going to be manager of the Survivor Series team as opposed yeah, to actually be within it. She made about, you know, I could get used to this. You're like... That's not ominous at all, you know. The interest, I, mean, I say this again. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't mean this to sound as bad and disparaging as I mean it to. I'm just genuinely intrigued. But do you? I mean, obviously, because you could argue in many ways that Alexa Bliss is also the, the she's she's kind of the stereotypical Vince McMahon women wrestler as well. Do you know what I mean? She's a very, is that, is that, she's a very attractive a very attractive woman. So right now you're telling me that the big the big brute that people will stop in airports the very attractive woman. Is what's appealing to a three-year-old. <laughs> I'm Steinbrenner, and I just said what everyone in the world is thinking. But I want to guess. I've been saying that for the last month. I, th- I told my wife, I'm like, so he thinks the most gigantic guy who runs in there and beats up people's cool, and the very cute blonde girl. Those are my three-year-old's favorite wrestlers. Nope, can't figure out why. So yeah, i often don't get me wrong. I know it's not. You know, like I said, I I. The last time I went to a pay-per-view, I watched a, uh, a brawn panties match in a mud match. I did not see that this time around. But if I had to pick women that night that got a big pop, Alexa Bliss got a bigger pop at Hell in a Cell than Becky Lynch did when she won. And, and and I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, why would they do this? Okay, fine, she could talk, but that didn't do it. And it's one of those things where it's like, if, if Vince McMahon is still thinking, okay, big guys and cute blondes. Yes, that can all make people's eyes roll, but you know, and don't get me wrong. That's this is not me defending Vince McMahon by any means. I hear people just they're like canceling the Patreon. They're like, please kill this guy, send him back to Texas. <laughs> but it's been a few weeks. That you, I've been thinking the last few weeks that maybe he be, might be a little less crazy than I thought. 
only because like, and like my wife, right? She hates it. She thinks all this is garbage except for two people. And this is random too. She thinks Elias is great and she loves Ember Moon. She, I asked her about the Ember Moon thing. She loves the intro. She thinks she's good, but the Elias stuff, she just loves. Like she'll actually sit down to watch Elias. And I'm wondering if that's his role maybe in other households too, if there's people who just like Elias and they'll pay attention. I think that must be the case. He got, without doubt, the biggest evasion when he came over here to the UK in the Man- on, on the Manchester episode of Raw. And he was the most over guy. And yeah, his match wasn't the best thing in the world, but I don't really think that's necessarily the be all and end all anymore. I'm just genuinely intrigued. I'm not, I just want to make, make it clear. I don't think we should go back to the days where that's all we have in wrestling. My favorite kind in any promotion is when it's diverse. We've got different people, but I just find it fascinating that that's the people that he gravitated towards. And I kind of understand why you gravitate towards Elias as well, because he's different, right? You know, he sits in a darkened arena. He's got a spotlight on him. He plays guitar and he plays guitar well too. So he feels unique. And I'm starting to think maybe that's Brock Lesnar does look unique in a 2018 setting. He just does. So I think, what does he think of Braun Strowman? We may talk about this last time, but I don't remember it. it, it does that appeal to him so at all? That's weird. Because if you put two and two together, he's never made a comment. He's never even said the guy's name. And my thing was, okay, you just fell in love with the rest of We're not going to see but every like six months. And so when Braun came out, I was like, hey, that's Braun Strowman. He's like, okay. And went back to what he was doing. So whatever it was that captivated him about Brock did not happen when he was told to get these hands. But um, – uh, and, but he also, like I told you, he's huge into Roman Reigns. And oh, one thing I will mention, so when I got to his new daycare room, there's three kids in there that are all special needs. And they're in John Cena gear every day. And I was talking to their moms, and they have all they were at Raw at different weeks. And John Cena found out their kids were there, and he specifically went and spent 20 minutes with each one of those kids to talk to them and tell them how they were awesome and that he was doing this, that, and the other. So I know that we walk around and say, you know, John Cena is the devil or whatnot. But those three moms thought he walked on water. And I will say that's that was a pretty interesting story to hear that, like, all those different kids had gotten to see John. I thought that was just an interesting story. I wanted to mention that. Well, that's no, amazing, man. I mean, that kind of sums up the stories that we've heard about him, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but right now it is really is, even with Braun and Cena and all those guys. I mean, actually, we'll get to that in a minute. But taking Roman Reigns out of the picture for a second, it is literally – in terms of the top, top people, Braun, uh, Braun, Brock Lesnar and Alexa Bliss. I mean, literally, he'll, those are the, so, yeah, there's three people that makes him stop what he's doing. Brock, you know, her, and, and, and Roman. And, I mean, like I mentioned this earlier, it was a little interesting three weeks ago when my son looked at, my three-year-old looks at me and goes, what's Dukini? Well, I was, was about to game. ask you about that, yeah, like, what's the... <laughs> so, he's, he's old enough to know that he didn't see something that people enjoyed. And all I told him was, I was like, well, Brock's sick. And he's like, is Brock going to be back? I said, well, we hope so. And, uh, but I mean, he actually, every time, you know, cause we all make fun of that 20 minute intro. That's been the same since 1995, yada, yada, yada. Whenever Roman's music hit, Giles stopped what he was doing to watch. And he watched that entire thing. And I did have to correct him a couple of times because I had to let him know that when you make jokes like bags under your eyes or hearing aids, other people might find that might not find that as funny as he did. Yeah. But, um, uh, but no, um, those are just the people he's gravitated to. And so, and you know, it's Roman's also a big guy. He's six, three, six, four. Right. But how I try the way best way to put it without, but obviously I, he knows wrestling isn't all that it, seems to be right no, he's put all that together yeah because he's, he's 
even the other day, like I've seen him when he tries to reenact stuff. He's not really hitting anything. Like he's even put that together and he's three. <laughs> but how do you, but how do you go about trying to explain why he has to go away and why he's giving up his time? I mean, I find that, you know, it's, it's really hard. You know, even, even when you talk to someone that only gets wrestling as an adult and gets wrestling at a base level, the first question they'll always say is, oh, so it's not part of the storyline. So how do you kind of explain to him what's happened, what it means, what it could mean and all that? Because it's quite a big deal. Like, you know, I think it affected a lot of people. So what I told him was, I said, you know, like he's aware of some stuff, but I said, you know, I said, Roman Reigns has cancer. And I said, you know, Roman Reigns is sick and he's going to go try to get better. And I said, he can't do that on TV, so he's got to go take time off. And then he kind of asked me a couple of questions. And I, this one came up, he mentioned to me about, you know, like, is he going to have chemo? I don't know where he heard chemo, but I'm sure someone at daycare said it and he heard it. And I said, well, that's something he could do. And I said, but he's probably going to be gone for a while. And he said, or is he going to be back? I said, he might not. He might not ever see him again, but he could be back and this could be a thing. And that's kind of as far as it went. But he did, you know, he was definitely not thrilled. Like, he, it's interesting, but he did, he was sad. Like, he was genuinely, and I don't mean sad like he took his toy away. I think he was sad because he actually saw something happen to somebody that he thought was sad. Um, uh, but yeah, he just has kind of stuff. He's got leukemia. That's cancer. He's going to go away for a while. And uh, uh, yeah, but it was kind of interesting to have a cancer talk during Raw, which don't get me wrong. I hope a lot of people did. You know, I think that's a good thing for anybody to be aware of. But so, yeah, from his standpoint right now, his favorite wrestler is off the air and his other favorite wrestler is not wrestling. So, <laughs> Oh, Brock Lesnar, you are a funny, funny chap. So what- know, right. It's like I love Brock. I love Roman and I'm Alexa Bliss. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Well, I hope you enjoy the current product. <laughs> oh yeah, because Alexa, Alexa Bliss is injured as well. Well, I guess look, man, it's a good life lesson, right? You never, you never right. know what's going to happen. Anything can change in an instant. And um, where, where are you at at the moment with WWE as well? Because you know you've been watching it a long time, and you know you've got very specific opinions, uh, specific on you. Obviously, you went to a show as well to to check it out. We are still coming off the back of uh, you know Crown Jewel, which I know a lot of people are still rolling their eyes over. And um, but I said it on Wednesday's show as well. At the moment, everything. Just, I think we need to get. To, we need to either get to or through Survivor Series as quickly as possible, because I think the controversy surrounding Candle kind of knocked WWE off the rails a little bit. And at the moment, especially to me, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just this week kind of. A lot of times people say, look, I, I didn't even need to tune into Raw and SmackDown this week, and I don't think I would have missed anything. And sometimes it's true, but most of the time, I'm like, no, there was yeah, there was a reason to tune in. But honestly, if you had skipped this week, um, uh, it, it, really, if you had skipped Crown Jewel, other than the hilarity of the Shane McMahon and, and Braun Strowman stuff, you know, you don't... I'm with you, by the way. I laughed through Crown Jewel so hard. Oh, man. Entire... I was dying. I, I was absolutely dying. I thought it was, I thought I it was hilarious. I did the exact same thing he did. My favorite wrestler of all time is either Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. And when he, I completely forgot his match was going to happen after the Shawn, after the Shane McMahon and all that. I was like, oh, that's still happening. I, I completely forgot oh, about DX. The greatest wrestler of all time is coming, and I completely forgot. I'm I was going to keep laughing and watch this show. I genuinely thought the uh, the ending of the show was meant to be Shane McMahon wins the World Cup. That's what I thought the main event was. I thought it was absolutely hilarious, and um, but. I mean, are you invested at the moment? I, I think the last five so, days were, were, were low-key for WWE is what I would say. My, my, I don't like to use the term flippy shit. And I approach the product like you more optimistic than most. So I'm not someone that's going to say, like, I can't stand it. But some stuff that's really kind of, okay, this does, like, things like Carmella being a face 
like for no reason. Like she just is. She was a heel 24 hours earlier. I'm like, you could have at least maybe made me think that there's a reason for that. So it's kind of like the instantaneous, like, you know, like, oh, crap. Let's take Braun Strowman, who's been one of our best faces. Oh, we need a bad guy for for him. Oh, oh, OK, at least you sort of made that organic. But from a move standpoint, I think I was like, I am not a wrestling savant. I yes, I can identify moves, but no, I'm not any. But like, so I'm a little over a year in now. Like if someone goes over the top rope and he's standing in the middle of the ring. OK, whoever it is, they're going to look left. They're going to look right. OK, suicide dive. And that's why when everybody was hating on Brie Bella, my thought was. No, I don't hate on Brie Bella. My guess is a 2018 wrestling of some form, she was expected to do a suicide dive. In my mind, I don't think Brie's I don't think Brie woke up that day going, let's do a suicide dive. I think she woke up in an environment that needed her to do one. So everybody was faulting her. I guess I saw it differently. But my other one is like, you're watching a tag match. Oh, look, hot tag, clothesline, 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 clothesline. And it's like, I guess there's a little more Jim Cornette in me than I thought, I guess is a way to put it. But I'd always, when I first came back, I kept hearing WWE style, WWE style. And I think I'm starting to put together what that is in 2018. Yeah. But there's an awful lot of wrestlers that look like you went into 2K19 and just copied movesets, except for finishers. And so that, and for me, it's, you mentioned it the other day, like, I get there's Vince's thing. There's no more heels. There's no more faces. Cause I've been, you know, I'm listening to Dave Meltzer a lot lately and they just kind of make things happen instantaneously. Like the Carmella thing, you mentioned that too, right? Like that was just weird. Well, her just changing for no reason. Yeah. Just oh, it made no sense like, whatsoever. Like if you actually think about it from a storyline perspective, she, and why didn't she care about her title anymore? She literally just, you know, didn't worry about the title, joined our truth that made her a face. And now she's all smiley. There's no logic to it whatsoever. None. And you think, if anything, even though it was done by none of their own efforts, they should look at Becky Lynch like Becky Lynch was built so organically that she could walk in that arena and punch a panda bear in the face and people would still cheer her like it because they give a damn. Right. And it's with all these like two thirds of the roster, like not, not at Hell in a Cell. Right. There were different matches where you'd saw hundreds of people just get up because they just didn't care. Like they would be there for one thing. They yeah. came for Daniel Bryan or they came for this. But I think for me, the things that stick out is like some of the move stuff I mentioned and like just story stuff that happens out of nowhere for with no reason. So like there's been a few shows recently. You mentioned the last few weeks where like I'm like, OK, I've seen the part of SmackDown I needed to see or the part of Raw I needed to see. I'm good. And it's not that I'm going to leave it again because I'm bored with it. But there are moments where I'm like. Okay, you're getting two billion dollars in TV rights. You you know you won. You know, I'm, I'm, but you know the house show business is down. Like, yeah, no, that's real. I think mean, that's, that's, I would say it's an issue because they're going to make money regardless. But that's not a part of the business they want to stop doing. And you know, I, I asked loads of people that went to SmackDown on Tuesday. They only had five thousand uh, people in that arena. I think that arena. I'm going to look it up now before I say this and get it wrong. I thought so it had like all the things about Hell in Cell being sold out. There were empty seats at Hell in Cell. Um, uh, you're right. I mean, I know they keep saying that and they've, they've got their like tarp of doom they bring everywhere, <laughs> but like, and that's the other thing I was going to mention too. Like I've mentioned some of my coworkers now that, Hey, I'm back into this and they'll say different things like, Oh, that's still a thing. Oh, they're in business. Like the, the, the group of people who watch this has shrunk and the people that are aware of it drastically has shrunk. 
Well, see, I, I'm not. Sometimes I'm not sure if it's the other way around. The people that, because of social media, in my sphere of influence, anyway, my a lot of my friends know more about it now because of social media, and they see a lot of people tweet uh, sending tweets. But the, the the response I see a lot is, you know, let's say it's a, a tweet about Braun Strowman. You know, the response I see from a lot of people is, oh, there's something going around in my phone with some guy called Braun Strowman. Guess it's more WWE stuff. So they're not actually engaging with it. They just know because obviously social media is just that thing. When something big happens, the wrestling community is quite loud and they chuck it into people's faces. But I mean, you know, it certainly is an issue because the Manchester Arena does hold, apparently, I was a quick Google search by me, 21,000 people. I think that's where it was. If not, you'll have to forgive me. And if it's true that the actual number was 5,000 for SmackDown... It goes to show even the UK bubble is, it has popped because there was certainly a time when you could come over here and do whatever show you wanted and you would sell it out. It could just be that it's become too formulaic. You know, people over here know that every April and November you're going to get a WWE tour. But they do have to address it. I mean, they, you know, even if they don't need it financially after these TV deals kick in, it's been part of their model for so long. I don't think they just want to throw it away. So I guess my theory as a one random guy in Texas. Um, so... The thing I can notice when I came back was that, like, there was no star. Like, there was no Hogan. There was no Cena. It was just guys. And so I get the, like, so in the, in the, in the U.S., of course, we got the NFL, our football. And so their philosophy has always been it's about the shield, which is the logo. So, like, you know, they're never going to make it about a player. But the difference there is, of course, you can make your name on your own, like your new, all the new quarterbacks and that kind of thing. And so I get Vince was screwed. He was mad. He put all that into Brock and Brock left. Rock left for the movies. You know, like, so his philosophy was fine. And he's right. The biggest pop of that show by far was now, then, forever. That was the biggest pop of that entire show. But my thing is, fine, that's your method. But the problem is when you still go to all these big shows, they want to see all your geriatrics. You've got to trot out Shawn Michaels. You've got to trot out Undertaker. So your philosophy was we're going to make it about the logo. But people are asking you about for superstars. You did not make any more. Like some of these guys have to go. Like Undertaker and all that. Like he's not created something he can sustain. And it's like action wise, he's admitting it. You know what, what I mean? What did, like, you, what did you think about them coming back at Crown Jewel? Because a lot of people watched Shawn Michaels and said they thought it was really good. Shawn Michaels was really good, but he was not the heartbreak kid. He was not, you know, Mr. WrestleMania. And you can't expect that at 53. But like, the fact is 2018 wrestling is a conversation of, man, did you see what this guy's like with the new hip? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's, like, it's because they refuse to – and I get it. You know, They don't want to build anybody bigger than the company. Like Stone Cold was bigger than them. But that was also the highest grossing company in the history of the WWE. Like the fact that you know, Triple H, Undertaker, Kane, and Shawn Michaels are who you trotted out for your biggest money show of the year. One was a mayor that you had to pay off his – I still – I would love to be in Knox County to talk to some of those conservative Republicans to ask them about their mayor going to Saudi Arabia to do a wrestling show. I cannot imagine it's quite as squeaky clean as they think it is, but especially with the political climate in the country that we have right now. Um, uh, but but I'm, I just – I think that's the befo- – I think that's a lot of people because like there's no superstar to break – out of the like, like the four, 18 years or so I didn't watch this, I knew about three things. I knew about you can't see me. Hmm. I knew about the yes chant. And I knew about some guy being punk who was very mad and went to UFC. Those are the only three stories I ever heard because I was outside of the WWE vernacular, I guess. Yeah. But like now, 
There's no star to break. Like Roman Reigns isn't going to break through to anybody. They don't let anybody else get that big. So it's you shrink. I, I you know the whole thing about they're getting bigger, but their fan base is getting smaller and spending more money. Yeah, I mean that 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 is basically what's happening, right? That's and it is that dedicated audience that got them this these 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 TV deals because obviously they need to go up when they move to Fox on SmackDown, but ultimately they can. Well, it kind of changes, but at the time of signing those deals, you can pretty much guarantee that somewhere around two point five million people were going to tune in, and obviously in a TV world that changes every day, that did seem appealing. But who knows where it's going to be uh, It's going to be in 10 years' time. And you keep mentioning the stars thing as well, because I should have mentioned this earlier. I totally forgot until I, I just popped up on my screen. We mentioned about, yeah, the lack of them building stars. And it came out sort of today, I think, on PW Insider, that apparently the reason Braun Strowman doesn't get the push that we expect and didn't win the world title... I read that last night. I read that. You're right, because he's not acting right backstage. Well, that's it, right? The the idea is apparently his wrestling etiquette is very bad. He turns up late for shows. Sometimes he says the wrong thing, crosses paths with the wrong people here and there. And that is why, yeah, you know, every time they're going to sort of tie the rocket to his ass, they're like, well, no, because he's not really following, you know, following protocol, I guess, which is, I don't know. Seth Rollins lost six months because he didn't give uh, Mark Henry and them a handshake, remember? No, I don't remember that. So Seth Rollins and them got in trouble backstage because he did not walk by and give handshakes to – it was either the big show, one of, but like they were completely offended. Seth Rollins didn't shake their hand, and that bit Seth Rollins in the butt for a few months. But like I'm with – like I read a, that other article on PW Inside, which I think is more fascinating, was the one on the NXT culture and the WWE culture where they were talking about you got these two cultures colliding. You got one that's this more progressive. you know, It's different, and then you got the other one. That's not. But guess what? That's Town Hall. Vince runs Town Hall. So you can create all the people in the NXT culture you want. That's not where they're going to be successful or not successful. They're going to Town Hall. You don't control it. So you got these two very different cultures. I just started watching NXT for the first time, and I was like, holy shit, this is a different show. Like I can completely see what everybody's been saying now, but I can also see those wrestlers all getting to Connecticut and going, what the – like it's – that's a conversation I think they have to have because they're two incredibly different products. And I don't know how many more NXT products we have to see collapse on their face or dance for two weeks and end up on main event. But like, I think that's the next interesting conversation in the company is how different those two things are. Cause that's another thing with Braun, right? I know he was only in the performance center for a cup of coffee, but like, even if you were down there, you would not have learned all these things. So like, granted, we all know the go home early, you know, the go stay late, go home early thing. But like, I don't know about you, but if I walked by half this stuff and somebody's like, what'd you do? I'm like, what? They're like, you didn't do that wrestling thing. I've been like, and I'm sure that might have been his reaction. Like, it just seems like it's a very odd thing, but I'm with you. That's very puzzling on the Braun Strowman thing, but it does make sense, right? Do you think it's like an antiquated system then backstage at WWE? Do you think that somebody needs to sit down and go, look, guys, we really can't, you know, we we really can't punish people for making these mistakes. but I you, feel like it's a piece of a JBL hardcore Holly era. I feel like it's a uh, 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 the the wrestlers court era. It's just a little bit like I feel like a lot of it's come along, but you've still got a lot of those guys that you know 
I want but, you to treat me like if someone called me Hogan. But let's say that we you let Braun Strowman get away with it. Does that mean other wrestlers turn up late? Does that mean you have to start, you know, having individual rules for everybody? I don't. I, I actually agree. I, I think if Braun Strowman's not being pushed just because he's made a couple of footballs backstage, that seems ridiculous given the current the current state of things. But just to play devil's advocate again for a second, you know, does there have to be these rules in place? Otherwise. You know, for example, Brock Lesnar gets to leave any arena as soon as his segment is done, but the rules are different for him, but he's Brock Lesnar. Whereas people like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Braun Strowman, uh, you know, the guys that travel every day seemingly have a harder time getting around those rules. So I know it's dated now, but one of the funnier things I saw this year was that Raw when he was out there reading Field and Stream where he was like, why the hell would I watch this show? I was like, oh, man, that was that, that was, was hilarious. That was, too- that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I just thought that was I just thought it was great. Like, what a thing to say when you've got... I mean, it doesn't really matter. Again, we're all in a bubble here, and we make our voices very loud, but ultimately, no one really cares about that stuff. My wife would make a comment, too, when she saw Brock. She's like, she's like, man. But she's like, there are sure moments where he looks like he does not give two Fs about what's going on. Oh, he definitely doesn't. He definitely doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, there's times I see him, and she's like, Wow, he'd rather be anywhere else in the world right now. I'm like, yeah, but they paid him two hundred fifty thousand dollars to be here, so he'll. But stick that's it. it. That's why he's a genius. That's why I, I can yeah. never, I can never actually, you know, hate on Brock for what he does because who wouldn't want that kind of a deal? You know, I, yeah, I, I was, and he's good enough to get it. Yeah, and I was watching SummerSlam 2002 the other day with The Rock and Brock, and I remember thinking, if only they knew what the next 16 years are going to bring with this guy, they would probably kick him out the door right now. But he's a businessman, and you know, he's able to play off both Vincent Mann and Dana White, two of these huge, powerful promoters. Chris Jericho is trying to do it, just not as well. It's true. It is absolutely true. But I guess he's doing it in a different way. But I, I look, I, I get that it doesn't necessarily tie into a good television product. But from a business point of view, I, I find it very hard to look down on Brock because, yeah. Well, from a business point of view, he's like leading a clinic on how to make money. Yeah, like, which is what it's all about. Well, yeah, for some if, reason. If you're Brock Lesnar right now and you go home to your giant, you know, he talks about his big house in Montana with the giant fence and the giant gate that opens to let him in and closes when he gets inside. If it's to maintain the Lesnar kingdom, He's winning. Like we can hate all we want, but like, like other wrestlers should you probably other wrestlers should look at what Brock's doing and memorize it because from a Brock Lesnar standpoint, he's nailing it. And like, then you got kind of like I don't know. I'm with you. Everyone kind of says, "Oh man, the Brock thing sucks," except for the guy that gets to cash that check every time he shows up. Yeah, well, I mean, look. I, I just don't know. I mean, if, if the decision was made to put the title back on him just because they don't like how Braun Strowman is, 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 you know, behaving backstage. I don't know. It just seems a bit extreme to me, given that you just lost your top guy and things are in a state of flux. And that's what the majority of your fans want to see. I don't that, you know, I, I would get it if you had other options in place, but you really don't right now. And if the universal title disappears once again for the next few months, I just think you may actually decrease your viewership because maybe people will get fed up of it. It's not like Roman Reigns ever actually got a chance to defend it either because we had the Shield reunion. That took the universal title focus away again. So I thought it was a strange one. If it's just because he's being a bit late, I don't know how much worth there is in doing that as opposed to sitting him down and going, look, Braun, we need to, we need to work on this. If it's not Strowman, who is it? Like, this, the one thing, like I was telling you earlier, like, WWE doesn't pick a whole lot of the guy. What I mean by the guy is the, the cheerleader guy, the handshaking, the ring the bell for the stock exchange. Like, they don't pick that guy a whole lot. And they picked Roman, whether we liked it or not, even though my son thought it was great. But, like, who's that guy now if it's not Brock? I mean, who, if it's not, if it's not Strowman, you've literally, like, you've beat everybody in that roster to a pulp but him. Like, like I told you, like when I came into this, there was a time when I thought Finn Balor was the most entertaining guy on the roster. I literally got up to go to the bathroom the last time Finn Balor wrestled. 
Well, Finn Balor's been marginalised at the moment, hasn't he? He's not in any kind of a feud. He just loses to Bobby Lashley. Any promo he cuts is very generic. Like, he just doesn't have a direction. And that's, you know, why they haven't turned him heel, I don't know. But he is lost. Stop smiling. Dear God, stop smiling. I do that. <laughs> just stop. And it's, I get it's direct. But I'm with you, like, I feel like I'm also the... I feel like for one, for once, I am the example of most Finn Balor fans. There's, like I told you the first time I came on here, I loved him. I was, I was into what he was doing. I loved it. I thought it was great. And I just came to a point like the last month or so where I was like, all right, whatever. Let's watch a match with someone that, you know, like, and they did that. Like, I didn't do that. Like, they booked him to a point where I was like, well, they've convinced me it doesn't matter. So now that I know. No, no, they just, they need to completely re, he needs to Bray Wyatt. He needs to go away for a while and then when he comes back, be something completely different, have a different edge. Because at the moment, he's not going anywhere. It's like the revival too, you know, there's so many people we could throw into that, we could throw into that bracket. But Side note real quick, you mentioned people my three-year-old love. I don't think he loves him, but he laughs hysterically at him every time, was every time that Matt Hardy came out and did the, yes, brother, he did laugh. That makes me happy. He thought that was hysterical. Well, he would laugh about that for like the next hour. I think, I, I think we can say now that the broken Matt Hardy stuff in WWE never really went in the direction that we hoped it would do. I don't know. I've never watched TNA. I've never seen anything. And I was going to tell you, I have no idea what the hell the broken universe is. I've never seen it. No one's ever explained it to me. To me, all I know is Matt grew his hair out, talked gibberish, and acts like he's a deity. But I've never seen anything. Like, I'm the example. Like, I have no idea what that was. Like, I've never seen TNA or Impact or any of that. So I've laughed at it, but I have no understanding of what it might have been. I'll do, I mean, I, I've, it was just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you because I can't understand what WWE was hoping because he didn't really do anything. They had that tag team partnership with Bray Wyatt. It didn't really go anywhere. It never really evolved. Like the match they did at the, House of ha- the Hardy House was actually, the, I think it was quite fun. But again, there was no real backstory to it. And it was almost as if they presumed it was dedicated at a very small niche audience who would understand it, And that was fine. So, yeah, um, I, I mean. Uh, I was going to tell you, it helped. this is kind of dated now. But I will tell you that if you wanted to hear 12,000 people go, oh, God, please stop. It was the screwdriver in Jeff's ear at Hell in a Cell. Everyone in there viscerally was like, everybody looked down, everybody turned away. But if I had to pick your biggest reaction there, it was by far that screwdriver. Like you, I, I literally heard a, a, that many people literally at the same time groan. So from the reaction standpoint, ugh. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I actually thought the match was pretty decent. I, I, I quite liked all the obsession with the year. I just like something, I anything you do that comes along and doesn't feel like something I've already seen, you know, it, it, already, it gets me interested to some level. But I thought Hell in a Cell was a decent pay-per-view, you know. I actually thought, especially compared to the ones that followed. Like, that's another one my wife mentioned every now and then when uh, uh, he comes out. Uh, uh, and I'm like, oh, wow, he just doesn't care at all. At least with the screwdriver bit, he's had something more entertaining. But there's weeks that he shows up too, and I'm like, Man, you look like you'd rather be at home eating a pastrami sandwich and wrestling right now. But, uh, <laughs> but no, um, it, it'll be. I'm curious. Like, I'll keep watching it. Like before, I fell out of it because of life stuff. But there are things in here where I'm like, okay, we do the exact same intro we did when I left this 20 years ago. Like, you know, like outside. Like, of course, now I'm beating a dead horse here. Finishers mean nothing. Like, if. There are things in the product that if somebody told me they got ran off, I'm like, well, you didn't see a hint that things were going to change. But I still think that the big, I, I think the quote unquote come to Jesus moment 
from the guy who's not religious, <laughs> is the meeting of the NXT and WWE world because they do seem quite different. And I'm with you. Like I mentioned this on the first podcast, they've got such an embarrassment of riches of riches and talent that they can't get them all on TV, and they're all so great. And so my thing is, I love Shayna Baszler. I love different, and I'm like, oh god, don't move them up, don't move them up, don't move them up, don't move them up. No, I mean, I, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna be main. There's no room for them. That was my everyone sort of had a go at me because the ups and downs, and I said I wasn't particularly thrilled with the Nikki Cross debut. I wasn't particularly thrilled that she arrived and she had a good performance. But my issue is, if you don't know who Nikki Cross is, you've been told in five minutes, oh, she's not as good as the people we already have. No one was made to care about Nikki Cross. She showed up, she lost, and no one's gonna care. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. And now she, I don't think she's coming up for real. You know, the fact she came up with sanity only underlined this issue we have with NXT well, call-ups. Anyway, like she was at Raw the night they announced Evolution. So like she's had a lot of weird, like she's been with the main roster a lot behind stage, at least it looks like. And my whole thing is, like I said, like when I came back and I realized, okay, WWE wants to own the world. That's nothing new. But like there is so much, like I told you, like I know people don't want to hear it. If they knew how to book right, there's an argument they could make a great three-hour SmackDown. There's an argument we could have six hours of WWE Network television to get all these guys on the roster. But I don't trust them to write three storylines, not to mention that many. Yeah, I think but, right, yeah, I think right now got, the last thing you want to do is give them more TV time. But if you, what, now that I'm finally watching NXT for the first time, I'm like, two-thirds of this roster could move up tomorrow. But, God, they would all just – like. They're going to make a bunch of call-ups either after Survivor Series, I'm thinking, some point here, and I'm like, they'll all down the vine. Now, Shayna Baszler's hope is she's next to the one person they seem to write a good story for is Ronda. But I wonder, does it seem like to you that Ronda's writing a lot of her own stuff? Well, apparently that's true, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how true it is. I think she's writing it in, you know, in partnership with Paul Heyman, and that would make sense. Just in the sense that it, when she, some of it's a little bit on the nose, but when she delivers it, it doesn't sound like somebody reading a script. And I can only so imagine that when it, someone's doing that, it's because they've written it themselves. So a lot of stuff, like after the Rumble, when they were asking women what they thought of Ronda, and there was that like work shoot thing of who didn't like her and who did. I didn't pay much attention to that because you guys people like Sasha Banks and whatnot. But like this era of we're not just going to give you a script, we're going to tell you when to breathe or groan or exhale. Rhonda's been there for a cup of coffee and she's talking about kicking down John Cena's door. Now I know that that wasn't something Nikki'd never heard before, but from the standpoint of this new person can write their own stuff. You've got to think there's people in that locker room. that are like, what? Well, I have to go out there. I, I just think that would be a little grating if it was me. Well, I think that's the power of already being a celebrity, right? You have more power than other people do. Uh, that you know, that's just, that's just the truth of it. And Ronda Rousey is Ronda Rousey. They probably know that she can go anywhere and be a success. Therefore, if she wants to do something, they'll let her do it. Like this is simple. And I think I'm going to hit on something that you talked about. It's going to be in a woke culture video. But if they could have her, if they could have Becky be Ronda at Survivor Series, there's your organic, largely grown WWE star. Well, I, I yeah, just, dude, I completely agree. You've got to use Ron, use Ronda to get somebody else to the top of the mountain. But I'm pretty worried. If I had to guess, that match is going to go five, ten minutes tops, and we're going to do an arm bar, and Becky's going to tap out, and then we're going to go, oh, well, that was neat while it lasted, because I'm pretty sure she's going to lose the belt to TLC anyway. Like, it's just a matter of time, because they're going to go back to shoving a rocket up Charlotte's ass, whether I like it or not. Like, uh, that's my thing. I've been saying this for a year now, and I'm shocked other people are starting to say it. My whole thing, when I came back, I was watching something at home. I looked at my wife, and I'm like, I get they all hate Roman. I was like, why don't they all hate Charlotte? I was like, 
Roman, at least, yeah, I get it. There was the weird uh, Lashley loss this earlier this year, and I was like, man, Charlotte always comes out on top. I mean, always. Like, until I didn't think she was going to lose the belt at home cell. Because clearly, like, if there's a rocket strapped to Roman Reigns, there's a space shuttle to the back of Charlotte. So I just think this is – they're appeasing us right now. Here, there's a little title reign. That's fine. So we can get this crap out of your system so we can get where we want to and get back to our golden girl. Yeah. I'm just shocked more people haven't gotten to that. Well, I, I think Survivor Series is going to be a big inclination of that. But the fact they're doing it and it's a match that – Unless they want somebody to lose, which I presume would be Becky Lynch, you don't have to do. And that's why I do eventually think probably at TLC, Charlotte will win back and then we'll probably build to Ronda versus Ronda. Well, I think Charlotte is one of the best women that they've got. I think in, ter- in terms of talent, I think she's brilliant. And then she's got a great look as well. Like, I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, but it's true. Like when you see her, and again, you talk about pro wrestlers and I showed you Charlotte. Most people go, oh yeah, I can understand why she'd be a pro wrestler. She looks like, she looks like a pro wrestler. She looks like an athlete. And that's one of those. I mean, she played college volleyball. She like she is probably one of the best athletes in that company. I have no idea why she's a good guy. No one's explained. I don't know why that makes no well, sense. Make her that's always guy. the way. Yeah, that's always the way. But she's a much she's a much better bad guy as well. That's what I don't understand. Like she had a real when she was playing the whole chip on her shoulder character. I totally believed it. So I don't understand why you t- why go she, away from that. She bows. She holds her arms up to tell you how great she is. I mean, like it just fits into her gimmick, but. I'm with you, but like it kind of goes like I feel like right now, if Vince McMahon was listening to this, he'd be looking at the two of us petting a petting a cat, going, "Yes, brother," because he like we've sat here and trumpeted the two blonde girls, the big guys, <laughs> and he's like, "I told you I was right." Well, These two said I was correct. To be fair, <laughs> again, while I am all for diversity, diversification in wrestling, and I think we should have fat people, thin people, athletic people, whatever. I have always liked the big guys. There's no point pretending otherwise. Like tri- well, even Triple H back in the day, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's amazing." People really, really wanted Samoa Joe to win that night. I mean, really wanted Samoa. When, when AJ got that pinfall, there was not a lot of sound on TV. That's because people in the seats were literally in shock. A lot of what the? Because like everybody wanted Samoa Joe to win that belt that night. Because I have slept through the last five months of AJ's title reign, and it needs to end. But it. <laughs> But yeah, from that standpoint, you're, I think there's a lot more people that are in that boat. But yeah, Samoa Joe was another one that was really over at Hell in Cell. I'm not surprised. He's so easy to like because he's so good at what he does. And that kind of ties into the AJ Styles thing as well. The AJ Styles title reign to me is so fascinating because you're right. I actually think Samoa Joe, I just thought it would have helped the company and all the wrestlers in general if Samoa Joe had won. However... Well, I, I don't but I agree with that too, but I don't mind AJ Styles continuing to win from a personal point of view because I know about the amount of time he's put into this and how good he is and the sheer amount of you know, uh, ups and downs he's been through that the more accolades he racks up as WWE champion as, on a personal level, I'm like, you know what? I don't mind it. And that's when I realized how crazy wrestling is in 2018. Then I'm going to steal a, uh, a Brian, what's his, Brian Alvarez comment here. Love Brian Alvarez. Look at his matches like a geek. Like... Give him a clean win more than once every other leap year. Like, the way they book AJ, I'm like, okay, let's, what weird screw finish are we going to get this time? We're going to keep the belt. Real quick, this is, I was listening to the Observer Radio, and I just wanted to get your thoughts, because I know you listen to it too. I know Dave Meltzer wins the award for, I think in this country, the most hatred in the world goes to either Donald Trump or Dave Meltzer. But one thing that I was listening to his show the, the other day, and he was talking about, uh, the guy wrestling the inflatable doll or whatever it was. And he made the comment that the guy wrestling the 
stuffed animal was better than most matches he's seen in WWE. The thing that made me think of it, and I was just wondering is, if I was him, I would eventually get so, like, I agree what he said about the Iconics was stupid too. But if you go back and listen to his tone of voice, like, even he was like, okay, I am walking down the road here. I don't need to go. I'm going to say this as trepidly as I can. And he gets so much crap. That seemed like the perfect trolling statement to me. To say that a match with a stuffed animal was better than two-thirds of your matches in WWE, like, it, I don't know. It's just him saying that. If don't get me wrong, I think he's earned it. But I feel like at that point it was a little snark from Dave Meltzer back because I think he gets – he's got to get tired of some of the stuff that – like, well, I also listened to that, that one writer that's got the huge podcast that was with WWE. Uh, Bruce Pritchard. Him, yeah. Like the reason I know who Dave Meltzer is is because of Bruce Pritchard. I've never heard the guy's name before. <laughs> I think a lot of people and, say that. And I went and saw Bruce Pritchard when he came to San Antonio. And, you know, Bruce Pritchard sells those shirts, the FDM shirts. Did you know that? Fuck Dave Meltzer. Yep. He sells shirts that say FDM on them. And by the way, if you, I know he doesn't, he's coming to England here soon. He is, yeah. I, you need to go see him. His because he does stuff like when I was there, Bradshaw came. So Bradshaw is a everything you think he's going to be, everything that Jesus would find repulsive, everything. He's all the check boxes. When I left that show, I thought Bradshaw was the funniest man on earth. But they tell because they tell stories in person they'd never tell in the podcast. But they talk about all this stuff. But like I was listening to him, and I'm like, okay, who the hell is this Dave Meltzer guy? And I went to Dave Meltzer. You know, after listening to Pritchard talk about him, I was like, oh, wow. He's not, and that's kind of where, you know, like Cornette mentioned the fact that like Meltzer's fine. But it was me going through all this stuff where I mentioned to you that I may be more, a little more Cornette than I thought because a lot of my criticisms make me feel more like an old man. But no, I heard of Meltzer through Cornette, through uh, uh, the other guy. And he's got some pretty entertaining stories, but to circle all this back, maybe, I don't know. I think we all kind of walked through this conversation about big guys and blonde girls. And I think that maybe we've hit on something and there's someone at home that's like, no, you're wrong. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'll definitely go if I can. Um, he's hysterical. He's really, he is, he was funny. I mean, like he's really good. And I know that's because he can tell stories for us of his life. Cause he was in WWE for so long, but it, yeah, he's got, it's, it's, and they're going to tell you stuff in the show. They never do anywhere else, but it is genuinely entertaining. There's always something in there where you're like, I always wondered, like, all this, he's all going to talk about something. You're like, I never knew that. Yeah, no, I would like to go. If I can go, I'd go. obviously, they're doing the Undertaker tour over here next year as well, which I probably won't go to, but absolutely crazy. They managed to, to manage to, to lock that down as well. Undertaker doing a speaking tour. But in England, in England, absolutely mental, absolutely mental. Um, I've just noticed the time as well and realized that we're coming up to an hour, which is crazy. I was like, oh, wait, that absolutely flew by. Wait, oh, holy crap, man. Dude, is there anything else you want to touch upon before we uh, wrap this up? No, man. I, as usual, we had sort of a point, and then I just ran with it, and we kept that's, going. That's so. what these episodes are all about, man. That's why I get people like your good self on. It's awesome to get other people's opinions. Yeah, I just want to say again, if the people who were on your show previously listen to this podcast, please find some way to become WWE booker. <laughs> I wish you could send like, all these podcast events and be like, hire like there's a gentleman in India. Give him a job. There's a gentleman in Canada. Get him a job. Like, like <laughs> I've heard more great match ideas walking through Target listening to these phone counts. That's, that's a great idea. I, like, <laughs> I very much doubt that um, Vince McMahon listens to my podcast. That would be my guess. But you never know. You never know. Wouldn't it be hysterical, though, if, like, 
I will say this though, in credit of you, I guarantee you, someone in that company has looked back at someone and said, what the fuck are these Y signs? <laughs> I guarantee you that would be the Y like, like, you know, like, I, I guarantee you because they've seen enough of them where they're like, because I guarantee you some stuff sticks out and they're like, what's he mean why? Well, now, granted, Vince figured out what a burrito was and all that kind of stuff. So, like, you know, he might still wonder if Y is an acronym or if it's like secret code. But I'm sure somebody back there was like, hmm. So I bet there might be someone a lot more aware of aware of you than you think in that company. Well, but, I would never, I would never be the one to say that, but I'd like to think that it's true just because it would make me laugh. So in that sense, we will see what happens, dude. Is anything else you want to plug or pimp out before we uh, before we wrap up? No, I mean, I mean, if anybody wants to see random wrestler randings on Twitter, my I'm JC Tremonti T R A M O N T E. I don't post much there, but that random amusements of a toddler's thoughts on wrestling which mainly evolve around alexa bliss but uh uh yeah otherwise man thanks for having me nah dude thanks for coming back i appreciate it thanks for supporting me as always you know all of that and again man honestly our flew by genuinely ridiculously to the point i looked up and was like oh man i gotta wrap i gotta stop this now it's gone past an hour because i say that's what i was gonna do it but hey that's what it's about man that's what it's all about Thanks, man. You have a good one. And you, dude. And also, uh, thanks to everyone listening as well. We're back next Wednesday. Again, you can go and watch live. Uh, go subscribe now. YouTube.com for the Middle Report Rules. Again, all supported by Patreon.com for the Simon316. Give us five stars on iTunes. Come follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Simon316. And look, just enjoy your weekends. Enjoy wrestling as much as you can. And we will be back again next week. Yeah.